and welcome to Conversations with Tamika. I'm so excited to have you here on today's episode for this important conversation. And uh, before we get started, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Tamika. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. My name is Rosemary Crawford. I'm an attorney, certified mediator and arbitrator in Chapter 7 Bankruptcy Trustee. I'm running for judge for the Court of Common Pleas of Allegheny County. Um, and I'm running because I want to make a difference in the lives of children and families. I want to stop uh, the criminalization of the poor and minorities and I think that it's important for judges to know the impact of putting poor people in jail because I can't pay a fine or a bond. And I think it's uh, something to look at criminalizing people for addiction like drugs and trauma. I just think we need someone who is diverse like myself, right. a diversity on the bench, but also somebody that's culturally competent that knows that everybody matters in terms of uh, justice and to understand that oftentimes black and brown people have not received justice and that's why black lives matter as well. So that's a little bit about why, uh, who I am and why I'm running for judge. Okay, thank you for sharing that. And um, you talking about your background, you specifically mentioned that you are coming from a background of law and coming from that background, what would you say led you to actually come to the decision of wanting to run for judge? A lot of it is because I've seen a lot of injustice. I've seen a lot of unfairness, lack of parity. Mm -hmm. I've seen black and brown and poor people of all races and people who are disabled or addicted and things of that nature treated differently than people of privilege. And I wanna bring some balance. I wanna bring some fairness. I really think, especially now where people are really realizing there are some problems and just us saying and acknowledging there is bias. Mm -hmm. We need some people on the bench that understand that, that are culturally competent and can make fair decisions regardless of privilege. So that's something that's leading me to run. The fact that I've seen the unfairness, I've even as an attorney been treated unfairly. So I know how important it is to understand that. And when someone says, oh, there's bias unfairness, I don't wanna be a judge. Oh no, there's no racism here. There's no unfairness here. It's just, you have a chip on your shoulder. I wanna say, let's talk about it. What can we do to make things better? Because a lot of times, and I am a certified mediator, I know you have to bring issues to the table and be willing to discuss them in a transparent manner for things to get better. Yes, I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. And in learning about you, one thing that is clear is that you truly want to be a voice to those who are voiceless and you really have a passion for creating change. What has really driven you towards wanting to create change for the people? I know you touched on the seeing bias, but is there something specifically that maybe motivated you or pushed you to want to get to this point that you want to start making change in our society? A couple things. Um, When I was young, my mother was a teacher. She integrated a school um, and that was because it was ordered by a federal court judge. I went with her and integrated the school as well, one of six black uh, children. 
And I knew, and my mother always said, um, this will be a better life, but we've got to uh, end segregation. And this was like in the seventies or what have you. But I say that to say, that's one thing that always stuck. We've got to have fairness. You can't have people treated differently. And I have grown up with, unfortunately, a lot of um, experience of racism. The other thing is just being an attorney and part of the justice system. I've just seen so much disparity. And I've seen specific examples, unfortunately, sometimes where uh, people, poor and minorities are arrested without due diligence. And what I mean is there's certain requirements, a certain standard before you should arrest someone, certain amount of investigation. People have privileged you to get that. You'll even hear, uh, for example, uh, I don't know if people are aware of, they call her the cult mom, the lady where her children disappeared, then they're dead. And uh, her husband, she had a husband die, a, a new husband's wife died, two kids, all these people died. She still hasn't been charged with murder and they weren't arrested for months and months and months because they needed more evidence. They were doing due diligence. But when you get somebody poor, minority, they can have no evidence and arrest you because they think you may have done it. And they'll let you sit in jail till you can either bail out or you get to the judge and you can languish for months. Mm-hmm. Even and then get in front of the judge and be told there's not a sufficient evidence. Right. So I'm saying a lot of times I've seen where police and authorities are quick uh, to judge. Also, I've seen disparities when it comes to children who are criminalized for things that should be maybe a school issue, maybe a discipline issue, but not put in a juvenile system. So I have done juvenile work representing children. And I've just seen that. And cases where uh, when I was a child, maybe uh, you would get uh, after school uh, detention or maybe a suspension. Now they are making children uh, criminals. All right. So things like that are what I want to look at. And also my mother uh, had dementia a few years ago. I had to help her with that. And I understand uh, how uh, people take advantage of people uh, who are vulnerable. And I want to make sure that I be a part of a system that looks out for those people, children, the disabled, the vulnerable, people who uh, don't have anyone. I think it's really important for the judge to be compassionate uh, when it comes to that. But those are some of the things that really make me want justice, real socioeconomic justice and real equality. Right. So one thing that you really touched on was the importance of the racial divide and there being change within the system. And specifically within the judicial system, uh, the federal judicial center has said that 34% of judges, according to in 2020, were actually female judges with only 3% of those being women who are African-American. So if you, when you have an opportunity here to bring change, uh, can you just speak further on why do you think that it is so important for women of color to enter into the system through the judicial system and to create that change? Sure. If I may, I want to speak a little bit about Allegheny County. We have about 44 judges here, only one Black woman judge, and only three of color. Yes. Um, That is startling. It's not surprising, but it's startling. And I think statistics and studies have shown that Black women 
judges, make fair judges across the board to all races. Whereas because we have the cultural competence, we have the history, we have a lot of us suffer discriminations and we know about the vulnerable people and we wanna be fair. Whereas some people have privilege, they just don't have the understanding. In Allegheny County, for example, we had a judge uh, last year who left the bench because a woman of color was in his courtroom with a head garb and he made comments about her going home to her drug dealer boyfriend just because of her, her hairstyle. Wow. I mean, this is why aware this is important. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do not judge a person by their hairstyle, particularly since I have various hairstyles right. uh, from natural to straight and wear hair garb myself or braids or what have you. That doesn't um, determine your character. Mm -hmm. And I don't make those type of generalizations. Also, I am um, culturally competent. When I talk about that, I mean, um, not only am I just that I worked under the, umbrella, under the umbrella of the Center Against Racism for the YWCA Greater Pittsburgh mm -hmm. for about five years. And there I was trained on cultural competence and taught cultural competence to corporations and other organizations and colleges. So I think those are some of the things as a black woman I bring to the table. And I believe why we have so much disparate sentencing in Allegheny County, so much unfairness and justice. It's just not a lot, enough black and brown women yeah. on the bench who are aware of what's going on and the bias. There's so much implicit bias and stereotype that a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, are dealing with. They don't even know right. uh, that they're biased. Right. Yeah, that's so important to touch on. And in considering that, one thing is that you really have an opportunity here and speaking about there only being one African American judge here in Allegheny County currently, you really have an opportunity to create change if you are elected. So what type of change specifically do you want to bring if you are elected into the judicial chair? There's a few things um, that I would like to work on. Of course, I don't have all the answers. I'm not even judge yet, yeah. uh, but I'll be able to, you know, bring more to the table once uh, the people have spoken. Pros, uh, I want to work on access to justice and equality to justice. Mm -hmm. So I said before, I would like to look at things like bail. I may have uh, intimated without specifically saying it, but I don't think in most instances, a cash bill would be required. I look at January 6th, what happened in Washington, DC. Mm -hmm. You had people, five people died. Those people weren't even, I don't, and I haven't heard any charges of felony murder. When a minority or poor person is engaged in any type of act, even just driving a vehicle and someone gets killed, including the conspirator, they're usually charged with felony murder. But anyway, um, getting off topic, but I'm saying that to say, that a lot of those people involved were released on their own recognizance. A lot of them getting organic food, the ones that were put in jail, and a lot of the people, uh, at least one person was allowed to go out of the country uh, pending her, her case being heard. So I'm saying if those people don't have bail, they're released on their own recognizance, I don't understand why the people, the citizens of Allegheny County can't have that same privilege. Uh, if someone, uh, is such a threat that they shouldn't be released, 
then that person maybe shouldn't get bail anyway. But the average person should should get bail. And, you know, I've heard of cases where people had a $500 bail. They just didn't have the money. And then when the case came up, they were released because they didn't, like I said, there's no due diligence. There weren't even, the charges weren't even legitimate. So that's one thing I think is really important. Uh, Also, I think uh, access to justice, Um, have a more diversionary program. So there are people who, uh, have got caught up in some things. You know, we do have diversion programs now, uh, but to expand them. Mm-hmm. And by diversion, I mean, you're a first-time person, you're caught up in something. Rather than go to jail, you do some a program, and then if you complete that program, don't get in trouble for a period of time, like six months or a year, you don't have a record. Mm-hmm. So more programs like that, uh, also, we got to look at, I don't really uh, think that people should be incarcerated for addiction. Right. So um, we have to look at a lot of those type of things. People should not, um, you know, if a person has a heart problem, if a person has diabetes, they're not put in jail. So if a person has, you know, a drug problem, that's not something they should be put in jail. Maybe treatment is the answer. Mm-hmm. Also, I like to work with groups in the communities to work with uh, restorative justice, um, of di- working and figuring out different ways um, that there can be a healing in the community. Maybe, I don't know, programs for victims, programs for offenders, maybe some type of uh, things where they can um, discuss and heal. Um, I would say when I was at the YWCA, I started a program called 100 Lawyers to provide free lawyers for people, particularly women, where there was a void uh, in family law cases. And I uh, got continuing legal education certified so that they could get their credits. Lawyers are required to get a certain amount of credits every year. And then uh, help train the people, the attorneys to actually do the work. So um, I would use my programming experience um, to kind of work with community groups uh, mm-hmm. to figure out what are some some ways that we can do better. I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to work with people. And I do a lot of community work. Uh, I have in the past. I do now. So but I'll let you get to your next question. Yeah, and actually talking about that, you're actually going directly into what I wanted to ask you was in learning about you, you are very active within the community. And I think that that is so important for um, people who are in politics to also be involved in the community. So can you highlight with us one to two things that you have done in the community? And if you are elected, how do you plan to keep the community first in your um and your run as judge. Sure. Um, so we're going to limit it to one or two things. Uh, well, let me just talk about mentoring uh, children and young adults. Mm-hmm. And that's from speaking at and doing programming at maybe housing projects to working with wing girls to urban league, street law programs, MOOC court programs where we're pretending court. Uh, me speaking with uh, North Hills uh, Chamber of Commerce, me working in Homewood. I mean, so it's just a, and working on scholarships and providing scholarships. So that mentoring and even teaching uh, etiquette. Mm-hmm. So from everywhere to how to be a lawyer, to getting money to the people on scholarships, 
to working on taking children to museums, um, just teach them about finance education in various groups or international things. I mean, I just have a long history. I starting uh, I started a nonprofit um, after school program. I worked to set up uh, an autism program. So just different things, mentoring children, young adults in a variety of ways. I think that's really important things also like Queen Girls. So I just think that type of thing, I think that mentoring, because we know that, you know, we want, I want, if I'm put in juvenile, I would love to be in family vision division and work with juveniles, but we know we need for those children, some of them are having trauma, whether it's um, um, food insecurity, housing insecurity, you don't know what's going on in the home. There's a lot of mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So we want to know, we got to develop to make the children successful and not criminals and not criminalize them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one is my mentoring. And I guess the other thing I would kind of talk about is my uh, activism in the civil rights arena, mm -hmm. work with the NAACP, BPEP, uh, Some Against Racism, I've written the Johnny Gamage essay question, given scholarships to law school for years mm -hmm. uh, and work with programming with them as well. So those are two areas, uh, my civil rights advocacy, uh, the, the whole social economic justice, equality work I've done mm -hmm. and mentoring children. I would say that would be two areas uh, that I have done. I have done other things, but two is what you said. Yeah. So um, in considering those, like, how do you, how would you plan to keep the community involved and keep them first if you are elected into office? Well, the one African-American woman judge we have on the bench is Chief Judge Kim Clark. Mm -hmm. I'm in groups with her and I use her as a role model and to say I could still do a lot of that work as she does. So in terms of the mentoring, um, there will really be no change there. Um, so I don't see a change there. Now, if anything political, of course, I would not be involved in. That's a separate thing. Okay. Um, but uh, Judge Clark was in attendance uh, virtually at an event I was uh, last night. So um, I just saying that to say um, mentoring children and uh, is something that I would continue to do. Also, right. I want to work with other nonprofit organizations or other organizations to think of ways to improve access to the courts mm -hmm. uh, and uh, like even more pro se courts, having better pleadings on the court website, uh, more pro se hours where somebody can help people with their filings. And also what I would uh, focus on is the law and the facts with compassion and the constitution and not judge people by their attire uh, and their wealth and their privilege. We have a lot of that going on now. There's a quote that I recently read by Dr. Mae Jemison that says to never be limited by other people's limited imaginations. And in reflecting and talking about your journey, you are somebody who has actually ran in the past for office for this same seat. And coming from a place where you have ran before and you did not, you you have not been successful in securing the seat in the past. How did you use that to motivate you to keep pushing and to be where you are now here running again and not giving up? 
I'll just say that when you're running a grassroots campaign, uh, not spending half a million dollars or a million dollars with some of the candidates uh, that have won recently have done, mm -hmm. it takes more running more than one time often. Mm -hmm. And many of the people even running now have run several times. Mm -hmm. And um, if we look at, because uh, I know a lot of people don't really follow the judicial campaigns, um, they should because yeah. the judges have more impact on people's lives uh, than anybody. I've decide if you keep your home, your child, your life, you're going to jail uh, because the court of common pleas judge, they're the ones that have the, put people in jail for child support. I mean, they're the ones that have the most impact. But I go back to what people are aware of, uh, federal, probably presidential elections. Joe Biden, the current president, ran several times right before he won. Uh, many people have run several times and many current judges have run several times. Right. Uh, that's just what it takes because with a million people in Allegheny County, it's almost impossible unless you have a million dollar budget to reach all those people. Unfortunately, as you know, in Pittsburgh area, African-American women are treated the worst in the country in terms of a recent study. So the expectation that I would have that type of money or that type of when we have an oppressed society is probably not reasonable. Yeah. So it has to be grassroots and a grassroots effort can be successful because over time, more people know my name right. and that's what it takes. And there are a lot of people like you may have said, well, you didn't win before, but they know my name. Right. And when you get to that ballot, that's important. And in some races, there have only been two people that could win. Right. Uh, I'm number four, number 24 on the ballot, 24. And you can pick one of nine. There are nine vacancies. But this is a real opportunity here uh, for me to win, especially since I do have uh, some name recognition. And especially since I actually have real experience, 31 years experience, right. trial experience, quasi-judicial experience, meaning I uh, decide certain cases and I've been dedicated to public service. So there's a, there's some people who know me from my legal, and I'm an award-winning attorney. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some people that have heard me, they've seen me in court, they've seen me volunteer, they've seen me at church. I'm an usher at Mount Ararat Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. There's some people that know me. So that's one thing I think that's helpful. And I've talked to judges who won some after four times. So mm -hmm. this is not easy. And I think this is good you asked that question because people are not educated on these judicial races. They don't know, understand how there's a million people. It's not like something for a neighborhood. It's the whole Allegheny County, but 1.1 million people. Right. And only a small percentage of that is even African-American. So right. it's very difficult. And that's why no African-American woman has been elected this century. Right. And also, unfortunately, a lot of African-Americans, as you point out, don't even take the time to vote. Right. So I think if you want to change, you're going to have to be a part of it. You right. can't just rest on your laurels and say, oh, why didn't this person do this or that when some people don't take one five minutes to vote? Yeah, I think I really appreciate you touching on that because I feel like 
a lot and a lot of women and men are we're just uneducated on the election process and I think a lot of us forget about voting for things like judge you know and even talking to some of my friends um, they were mentioning you know you assume that judges are just appointed and that that's not something that you vote for so in talking about that can you just explain to us more about when we're voting for a judge what specifically are we voting for and why is voting so important? Sure. So I'm running for judge for Court of Common Pleas of Allegheny County. So that's a judge for the entire county. Okay. And that judge is original jurisdiction, meaning if you get arrested and you are being considered for jail, Allegheny County Court of Common Pleas judges are the ones you'll go before on the most part. Sometimes it may be a magistrate or something that's local, but the court of common pleas is really the judge. Mm -hmm. And all the juvenile, most of the juvenile court cases, a lot of them will become before court of common pleas judge. Uh, family law, if you're trying to get a divorce, custody, um, Allegheny court of common pleas, protection from abuse. If you get arrested for most things, um, that are state crimes, it will be court of common pleas. Also, landlord tenant matters. Mm -hmm. The things are civil matters if someone owes you money. A lot of those places. So, as you can see, and child support, you know, there's people going to jail for child support. Right. So, drugs, the Allegheny County Court of Common Pleas is where a lot of these people uh, would go before. And you want someone fair. Uh, like I said, that's going to be compassionate, you know, and um, and understand uh, real world. So that court is really almost the most important place that mm -hmm. you're going to be. And that judge has more effect on people's lives than almost any other government organization I could think of. Yes. Literally, they can take your child. They can put you in jail. They can sentence you to death. Right. So um, it's very important. I mean, court of common pleas judges are very important. I can't tell you how important they are. And like you said, people don't know. And certain, and it's state by state. In some states, they are appointed. Mm -hmm. But here, uh, we are. The judges are elected uh, okay. for the most part. So, okay. and in federal court, they are appointed. So you're not wrong in thinking that some judges are appointed. It just depends on what court is. So you're right. You know, so it is confusion. If I weren't uh, running, I wouldn't know the process. <laughs> so it is confusing. And there are a lot of judges, um, different judges. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, you know, that uh, that are running in this particular go round. So it is going to be an interesting election. And you asked me another part to that question, and I can't recall what it was. I apologize. That's OK. I was just asking you, why is voting important? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it is so important. And I know so many people who are young just don't believe in it. But mm -hmm. I have to say. I don't recall over people overthrowing the government when Obama was president. Mm -hmm. um, it, people don't think voting matters. If that's the case, why are people trying to take the vote away from people like us? Why are they making these laws? Right. Think, use your brain, 
And, right. and here's my thing, even if it doesn't matter, what are you losing by voting? But let me tell you, you're losing a lot by not voting. Right. Especially when a lot of times vote is by mail. I can't tell you how this election is going to be. It may be by mail as well. I can't say. Mm -hmm. But um, what are you losing by voting? Right. So, and there are so many community organizations that are trying to make a difference. They're trying to put this on people's minds. But I can tell you um, that um, black and brown needs to be aware. And right now, you know, there may be some pandering of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, uh, people who take on that ideology without really understanding it, because sometimes people who are not black and brown feel that they're the only ones who can lead us. But I think we can lead as well. And that is, again, why I'm running. Um, so thank you. I just want to ask, out of all the people that are running for this current election, if you can tell our viewers, specifically those here in Allegheny County, why should we vote for you? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, experience, the compassion, fairness, um, and the desire to have real fairness and equality. I want to stop criminalizing the poor and minorities, and I want justice to be fair based on the law and the facts of the Constitution and not based on bias and privilege. I mean, that is one of the biggest reasons. And I have shown my community service, my dedication to socioeconomic justice and equality. And I think my record shows what I'm about and that I'm about the people. And if elected, I want to be the people's judge. Number 24, one of nine, I'm Rosemary Crawford, running for judge, court of common pleas. And I want to run for the people of Allegheny County. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and letting us know a little bit about you and even educating us on the importance of voting and why it matters. Again, I want to remind the people that live here specifically in Allegheny County that the election is on Tuesday, May 18th. So make sure that you get out and vote. Thank you again, Rosemary. And to our audience, I am your host, Tamika Mahomes. And thank you for tuning into Conversations with Tamika. Mm -hmm.